Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of Fueled by Weird, the only podcast to go to the negative zone and make it out in one piece. I'm Chris Daly, and tonight I have the pleasure of chatting with Garrett Gunn. Garrett, how are you doing, man? Good, how are you? Doing good. I've actually wanted to talk to you for a long time because you're a really cool guy. Everyone has nothing but good things to say about you. So I'm like, I need to talk to this guy. We need to be friends. I I try to not be that much of a dick. (laughs) That's that's good. Yeah, there's enough of those in comics, man. Right? I just try to like be a decent dude. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're going to kick things off. Uh, since you and I don't know each other very well, let's do uh, an icebreaker. Let's oh, do a uh, Desert Island movie. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Only movie we can watch ever? Yeah. Let's say, let's say one movie or even let's do like three, three movies. Oh, you can bring with you. Those are the only three movies you could watch while you're on the island. Uh, Army of Darkness. Ooh, nice. Tremors. And Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. Ooh, nice. Like, I feel like um, I need to feel good, right? You got like a, I got like a bad movie. <laughs> I've got like a cult classic and I've got like a feel good. You only ever need the end, right? Like you right? bow to no one. Like that would sure me up, you know, as I'm, dying on that <laughs> that's awesome i think for me i would pick scott pilgrim the incredible mm, movie fuck, that's such a, <laughs> it's that's so a good. great one uh the best comic adaptation of all time in my opinion uh but, specific rim yeah. the first one incredible movie Ooh. and then you're big you're big monsters like kaiju dude. fan or monsters fighting Ro- kaiju, robots Jesus christ yeah, yeah, yeah. Robots fighting monsters. Big oh, robot guy. That's, that's me. Mechs, robots. That's me. Yeah. Really? I love that. I'm getting into it, bro. Like we, I, not to derail you. No, you're but, good. Uh, a friend of mine just told me at work, he was like, I believe in my heart. It was so funny. I believe in my heart. We're on the precipice of a mech revolution. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah for real. I mean, I'm here for it, bro. Why like, not? Sure. Like, he was so into it, though. Yeah, bring it on. I'll eat it all up. It's all good. Yeah. And number three? Number three, I would say The Prestige with Edward Norton. That's not Edward Norton. Great. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman and, and um, Christian yeah, Bale. Yeah, that's Christian Bale. Yeah. That is, that is a great film. There was, there was an Edward Norton magician movie, but it was nowhere near as good as yeah, that, The Prestige. No. Well, as most things with Edward Norton. <laughs> uh Plus, I mean, yeah, he's a great. Movie. He's a bad guy in most of them, so it's really well, he's a bad guy in real life. That, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he mirrors his real life persona in those movies right? most times. Yeah, totally. All right, yeah. so well, those um, are great choices. Thank you. You're making me rethink something. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: yeah. is like a week from now they're going to change anyway. So, yeah, it's based <laughs> on like what, like what you know, I'm watching at the time. Yeah, totally. I've been really into bad movies lately. That's okay. Like my, really, my wife is a huge fan of like those made-for-TV sci-fi D-list oh, like horror those movies. Those are great. She's super into those. I just for the second time watched Cocaine Bear, and I still haven't watched. I, that I yet, love that I movie awesome. so much. Yes, it might Velocip- be one of the Velocip- best bad movies ever made. Velocipaster is one that's on my list that's, too. That's a great one too. That's I right there. That that's right there. And then that's they got the rad. new Sharknado. People are making zombie tsunami. Is their oh, next man. thing? It's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. That's awesome. Yeah, that's rad. Now I feel now I feel like I know a little bit more about you. A little bit. I mean, yeah. I know that you are a connoisseur of good comic adaptation movies. And you know the the bald beard club. We got to stick together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, one of my biggest fears is always like I always tell my wife, I'm like, do I look like a guy that's trying to hold on to his youth? <laughs> uh, I I would think that if I didn't shave my head, but once I started going bald, I'm just like, we're done. I yeah, I thought I was like, you know, I don't know, man, my hair is not very thick. Yeah, I was like, I think rather than have like thin, greasy hair, yeah, I'd yeah. rather just polish this baby up. <laughs> Mine used to be really thick, but I saw myself once in a video where i had a bald spot on the crown of my head and i was like yeah i'm done yeah that'll, go. that'll wreck your day bro all the way yeah all the way damn <laughs> all right so fueled by weird is kind of a new concept i have where basically everyone has that thing that makes them them weird um and it yep. really it doesn't necessarily have to be a nerdy thing it really yep. could be anything so yeah. for you sir what 
what kind of things feel your weird? What kind of things? Man, you know, I I'm really into people taking creative chances. Yeah. I'm really into like people that are just totally confident in the idea that they don't care at all what people think about like the thing they're making. Yeah. Because they care about it. Nice. And that seeing people do that kind of stuff, like it's been a long time since I like picked up like a Marvel or DC book and was like, man, like this is really something. Yeah. I, and, I agree. and when DC made Jurassic League, I was like, yes. <laughs> like, like, sure, superhero yeah. fucking dinosaurs, absolutely. Yeah. When when they did the the Looney Tunes crossovers, Batman mm-hmm. and Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Some of the best DC <laughs> comics ever. Batman and Elmer Fudd is one of the best comics I've probably ever read. That's awesome. Uh, so I love and I fucking hate DC. So like I just am not a DC fan at all. But like when they take chances like that, when people take chances like that, I love it. In in indie comics, like the people who are going to like getting out there and are like, I'm going to make this comic that's so niche. Like there's 10 people that want this comic and I don't (laughs) even care. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Those 10 people are going to be dope. (laughs) I, I admit I haven't read a Marvel DC for a minute, but I usually stick with like the other guys or actually lately I've really been super into indie comics comics so i i get yeah. you just some of the like the weirdest stuff i have this one yeah. friend um chad perkins he yeah. he has some of the most I know chad. he has some of the most crazy ideas but man they turn out to be some of the coolest stories yeah i so just ones like that are just amazing yeah i yeah i just i don't it's so stagnant comics is so yeah. like mainstream comics is so stagnant and like Luck, I mean, there was a brief stint there where we were like, oh, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman and those people, like, they're going to come in, they're going to shake these things up. And, like, they just can't beat the fucking system, man. Like, Marvel's like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) We're going to stick to what works. Yeah, I mean, I also love, I think, like, it fuels me to see other people taking, like, chances on, like, how, not, not even the content, but how they produce a comic. Yeah. Um, you know Daniel Warren Johnson? Yeah. So Daniel Warren Johnson sells, have you ever read his Green Leader? I have not. So he sells these little like digest sized little ash cans called Green Leader and it's like fan fiction Star Wars stuff. That's awesome. It's awesome and weird and like you go to his table and they're like $5 and like he will only sell them sometimes and like if he thinks you'll appreciate it like, wow. and, like he got who doesn't want people to have them unless he really feels like they're into it. Um, but just like, you know, people who are releasing stuff in innovative new ways and trying to like, you know, create a better experience for the reader. Um, you know, I, I believe in the deepest parts of my soul that we're in like a comics revolution right now. Sure. Where like the, the market like the the customer is changing mm-hmm. and like people don't want to read a comic they want an experience yeah. and i think that that's why crowdfunded comics do so well mm-hmm. and continue to do so well yeah. for so long because like a person coming to a kickstarter and reading it like reading the campaign and buying a thing and it's showing up in the mail and all that stuff like that ten dollars that they even if they're just buying like the ten dollar tier or whatever yeah like that experience that tie directly to a creator mm-hmm. is has a lot of impact yeah for sure versus like going into a stag like you know stale comic shop yeah where like the guy's like a dick and like has owned the shop for 60 years and is like Hey, fuck off, kid. Like, buy something or whatever. <laughs> like, right. that's what people want. And, like, in this age, like, you have the ability to reach out. It's so weird to me because, like, this is going it, to, it seems like a humble brag, but, like, people often will tell me, like, in messages, people will reach out to me and be like, hey, I want to have a book signed or I want to have a book graded or whatever. Or, you know, I'm, I want to, you know, do you have an original art for sale or whatever? And I message everybody back, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, because I treat comics like a job. Sure. And so like when you come in for the day, you respond to your emails and, and you know, all yeah. that. 
And people will be like, I can't believe you took the time to like have this conversation with me. And I'm like, what? Like, how is that a thing? Like, of course I am. I'll, like, you're the reason I get to do this. Yeah. Like by creating, like, if I can make you a fan, that means I've got one more person that'll help me keep this job. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand the mentality of so many creators that are like, I'm an artist. I make things like I, you know, go to your local comic shop. Like, dude, connect with your people, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, it's about. I'll admit I've done that before. And it's mostly just because I just have the mindset of, I know you're super busy talking to tons of other people. So it's like, <laughs> just the fact that you take the time to respond to me is just, it's incredible. And it just, it kind of just makes your whole day as a, I'm, I'm speaking as a fan perspective, Yeah, just because it's just neat that, you know, with all the irons in the fire that you have and all the things you're doing, it's just kind of cool <laughs> that like, Hey, this guy took some time to talk to me. And I think that's awesome I, that you do that. I had an awful experience as a kid with a very, very famous comic creator and yeah. it like ruined that person for me. And I, when I started making comics, I was like, I'll never be that person. I'll never do that. Uh, and so like, I don't care if, I don't, I don't care if you spent money with me. I don't care if you shared a thing. I don't care. I don't even care if you just like sent me a message to be like, Hey, I bought this book at a comic shop and it sucked. Yeah. Like, thanks man. Like, I really appreciate you taking a chance on my book. Like, I'm sorry you didn't dig it. Yeah. Like, and I've turned people around, like people that were like messaging me to complain about a thing. Yeah. And like, I've turned them on to other stuff that they really liked. That's cool. Like, and you wouldn't do that. Like, if you don't take the time, like you, that person would just be like, yep, never buying a Garrett gun book again. Fuck this. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, and some of those people, like, you don't know what those, who those people are. You don't know, like, like I've sold books to people casually at, at cons that like ended up being like studio executives that oh, then wow. messaged me and are like, Hey, you know, I work for Sony, like would love to see anything else you got. Like you never know who those people are. Yeah, for sure. So like, just take the time to like make someone like try to make some sort of a connection. With it, re it, it really, speaking again from a fan's perspective, it makes a huge difference. Like if, if you yeah. take, if like I get one of your books, which we'll talk about, cause I'm actually a fan of a couple of your titles. Um, and that's only because <laughs> that's, good that's only because I haven't read them all yet. Um, oh, but just well, the fact that some of them are bad, <laughs> just the fact that, you know, if I get this book and I really like it connects with me and I say, Hey, your work really connected with me. And the fact that you take the time to respond back, it's incredible. So it totally more people need to be like that. Cause it would, I think things would be a lot, a lot more positive. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I, I do a whatnot show every, every Saturday. And like my, my sign off mm -hmm. thing is like, Hey, like, thanks for being here. Like you guys are the reason I get to keep, you know, keep my dream job, like go forth, spread yeah. positivity in the world, lift somebody up, do something to make a good impact on this world. Like, that's it. Like, that's yeah, what you got to sure. do. Especially sure. when you're like, have the weight of like, like, I mean, I don't want to say influential because I'm not an influential person, but like you, you know, the things you say when you, when people listen to you have a lot yeah. of weight. Yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> don't be a dick about it right <laughs> yeah and then going back to danny warren johnson um oh Mur murder falcon was incredible yeah. i i'm not gonna yeah. lie the ending totally yeah. floored me <laughs> i'm not gonna say because yeah. i don't want to spoil it for anyone it's who hasn't so read it, good incredible and i'm i'm mad because I'm a huge pro wrestling fan and I still haven't read do a power bomb yet, but I heard it's, it's incredible. I have also not read that, but I heard really good things. It just, it just got nominated for an Eisner. Yeah, man. It's or something. Maybe it wasn't so an good. Eisner, but it was, <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that dude is just, I mean, that guy could shit on paper and I'd be like, it's a masterpiece, man. Yeah, exactly. I really loved it. You know, the way you right? put that poop on there. It just <laughs> so yeah. skilled. All right. <laughs> yeah. So speaking about comics, um, what what inspired you to get into comics in the first place? Mental illness. <laughs> I mean, I mean wow, that's a okay. joke, but also kind of true. Sure. I uh, you know, I made my first book when I was deployed. Um, mm -hmm. and I I at the time I didn't know I was making a comic. I knew I knew that I I mean I grew up reading comics. I collected sure. them casually through adulthood because 
I didn't often have spare money to spend on stuff like that. Um, but I, I had some, some shit go South while I was deployed and they sent me to a behavioral health person on base. Mm -hmm. And they were like, this person was like, Oh, you know, I really want you to kind of like, they gave me this like journal and they were like, I want you to like write down what you know like write down your emotions and write down like when you notice yourself having you know an episode or having like a reaction to something i want you to take the time and like right i'm like could you imagine like what every fucking sergeant walking by if i'm like (laughs) excuse me sergeant i'm having an emotion i need to write down (laughs) what i'm feeling you get fucking roasted so i was like i'm not gonna do that um and i was like but i mean i'll write something and i tried to like i was like i'm gonna write a story and I'll see if I can write a story that kind of is fueled by the emotions I'm feeling. Sure. Uh, and I wrote this book and then I came back from deployment, showed my wife. Uh, and so she was like, oh, you should make it. And I was like, what? No. Who the fuck wa- who wants this? <laughs> she was like, well, nobody. But like, if like if you make it, you'll have it. Yeah. Like, you'll have a, your own comic. Yeah. And I was like... That seems dumb, but all right. Um, and like I spent like most of our savings making this book, and it, I, I just like had it, and I was posting about it in a group one time, and this person who owned like a tiny small press publisher was like, "I'll, I would publish this book," and I was like, "What? All right." So they did, and then they they did it, and then they said, "When does number two come out?" Or when we have number two done. And I was like, what? <laughs> Number two, I gave you the book. It's done. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. And uh, so I was like, well, fuck, I didn't even thought that far. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll do number two. And then and then I did number three. And then I did number four. And then the guy was like, hey, you know, this does pretty well for us when we go to these small cons and stuff. And I mean, by it does well. It probably sold 10 copies, you sure. know, a show. Um, and uh, so he's like, do you have anything else you're writing? And I was like, what? I mean, I've got ideas, but I've never done anything else. And so I started working on a second thing and it just kind of like snowballed. Um, and I started to like, kind of think I was maybe getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then I made a book um, with who was presented to me as a professional Marvel artist. Uh, I came to find out later that was not... I mean, not entirely true. They had worked on a couple of things for Marvel, which now in my experience of doing this 10 years, I know that means literally nothing. Sure. Um, you know, but that person ended up taking like $7,000 from me. Oh, wow. And it killed the project. I had no money to make it. It had been kickstarted. Like, so I didn't like, like the backers money was all gone. I was like, oh, I don't wow. have $7,000 to like remake this. Yeah. Um, and you know, I ended up figuring it out. I got an artist to come on, Nick Torres, who like helped me do it and like helped me, you know, basically redo the book for, you know, and, and pay him as much as I could as I went. Um, and he really got me out of a jam. And, but it, it like killed my drive. It killed my like aspirations. Well, I'm sure. Uh, because I was like, man, like these professionals, these people who like I should be looking up to, like just stole everything I had. Uh, wow. Like, for nothing like for nothing like a person who pretended to be my friend for like a year while we made this book just like took that money from me and i was just deflated and my wife we always like call it like the joan lee moment like my wife was like you know i had been working on this funny story on the side and she was like well you really into this book like if you're gonna quit i was like i don't think i want to make comics anymore like this is like really like has broken my heart and like she was like, well, if you're going to quit, just make this thing. Because it's like, you put too much into this. You're way too excited about this. It's like, make this one thing and then quit. And I was like, okay. And I made that thing and it was called uh, The Derogatory Tales of Franklin and Ghost. And that was the turning point in my entire time doing comics. I That book took off on Kickstarter and in you know normal sales. It you know, went on to be now, I think we've done like four or five volumes of it. Um, it's, you know, it was signed by, you know, it was signed for an animated TV show, Billy Bob Thornton's in it, Sean Schemmel, Veronica Taylor, Chris Sabat, like, 
Like, that's the thing that like, I finally decided I was like, you know, I'm going to stop trying to make a comic that I think people want to read. Um, and I'm going to make the comic that I want to read. Like I'm going to make the comic that I find fun and I don't care if anybody else buys it. Um, and it was so freeing, like it was so, so liberating to not give a fuck about any of it. And what I found is that when I stopped caring, like I started to have a lot more fun and the people who were reading the stuff I was making started to have a lot more fun. You know, and at that time it was a very small group of people, sure. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I knew most of them. Um, and that was it. And after that, I started being like, okay, well, when you, when you realize that everything, every story ever has been already been told, it's less about what, what, what's, what's the next great masterpiece that I can tell? Like, what's the next, you know, story I could tell? Like they've all been told. Think yeah. about how you can take a trope or a cliche or, or, you know, take something that's old and put a new spin on it. And so like, sure. you know, when we did like good boy, like, which is my best selling book of all time, source points, best selling book of all time. Like that was a thing that just started as like, I love John wick. Christy loves John wick. We're going to make a funny joke book hey it'll be it'll be hilarious like it's the dog is gonna get the revenge not the human (laughs) right and like people so many people come to us and are like this is the coolest comic i've ever read i love this like how did you come up with this i'm like by not giving a fuck if you wanted to buy it that's awesome like that's it yeah Like, like stop stop trying so hard like like it's just crazy. People kill themselves over like, I've got to make, it's got to be literature. No, it doesn't. No, not really. No, it doesn't. Like books like Murder Falcon exist because Daniel Warren Johnson's yeah. like, this would be fucking metal if I made this fucking story. Like that's that's where the best stuff comes from. It's like when you let your hands off the reins a little bit. Right. So it's that's you know that's why i say the things that fuel me are people like that people that don't care that's the people who are making a thing that they find fun because that's all i want like i want all i ever want in comics is to make i i tell people like my my motto is i want to make cool shit with my friends that's it people like why you work with a lot of the same artists a lot of the time you work with a lot of the same you know whoever yeah because when i find people i like and that are dependable and affordable and talented and communicate and give a shit like about what we're doing. Like, I don't let those people go. <laughs> so I make four or five books with them. Right. Uh, you know, until they eventually realize they're too good for me and like go on to do, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, you know, that's what it's about. Yeah. Those, so. those ideas are fun. Like, cause, and I haven't talked about this idea much, but I was reading this book by Felicia Day. Where she was talking about you know trying to inspire your creativity yeah. and she talked about a dinosaur in a tuxedo and i'm like <laughs> that's that's ridiculous but then i started thinking like is that ridiculous like it's almost like if you kind of like with your idea with good boy if you took like james bond but switch it with a dinosaur and then you call him double o dinosaur and Dino, i thought bro. that was kind of right i thought that was kind of incredible so it. i'm like that's definitely an idea and i'm yeah. working on double o is um, amazing right um, and then I had another character that's basically a hippopotamus who's dresses like uh, the gunslinger from Dark Tower, mm-hmm. except except he doesn't have a gun. He has a giant zipper that he can like slap on and like unzip spaces in time, so he can unzip portals in the multiverse. That's pretty. But bu- who's that big hippo like detective? I forget what that comic is. Uh, I think it's Elephant Men has one kind of like that. Maybe that's it. I, it all I, it's just like exists in my brain for some reason when you said that like a, a hippo like a mafia hippo i don't know what that's right. from that's gonna bother me i i just had this cool idea of like because there was a cartoon where a girl would use scissors and open up holes in the multiverse i think star yeah, versus, i mean i think that's great right and star i thought versus that was the cool. forces of evil yes 100 percent. but i was like what can i do with that idea but make it my own so i'm like instead yeah. of scissors use a zipper so he just has this. I mean, I think that's great. He has this giant zipper in a holster, and he just. We're un- doing. Um, 
we're doing a book right now uh, called ECPD. That's awesome. Right? So it's Oz, it's Emerald City Police Department. That's incredible. And, and uh, it's basically like after the Wicked Witch of the East is, was killed, it created a power vacuum in Oz. Um, and <laughs> so amazing. all of the other, you know, wicked witches uh yeah. and all the other like you know sort of like bad guys from oz started to like clamor for power um and so awesome. the cowardly lion after he found his courage uh established like a, a you know a police force in oz to try to like in emerald city to try to like keep it safe for everybody and that's incredible and he recruits dorothy to come back and be a detective for him and that's so fantastic. her partner's a reformed flying monkey and like the tin man is like a gun runner like a drug runner um and the whole story is how the yellow brick road is an underground like heroin trafficking route from munchkin land to emerald city oh wow and so like they're investigating like the yellow brick road it's that's awesome it's insane but that's the kind of thing i'm like okay we've seen oz stuff done a bunch yeah but, like, what's a funny thing that we haven't seen the like, underground sure why wouldn't we make a like let's make dorothy a noir detective yeah, let's make not? Sin City, but an Emerald City. That would be that's that's incredible, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna so, be great. So mentioning some of your comics, um, yeah, big fan. Um, <laughs> and I my favorites are Warcorns. I love Warcorns. Um, I just reread it. With the, at least it was the first volume recently. It was incredible. Yeah, and now knowing that you used to be deployed, it makes so much more sense. I was like, how did you get all this terminology correct? And that, that makes sense. Dude, that that book started as a uh, joke uh, to make fun of all my military buddies. Um, <laughs> so they were all based on people you know? Those are all, yeah, so all of the characters, the main characters for sure, yeah. and a lot of the secondary characters are all based on real people that I served with. That's awesome. Um, and some of them know who they are, and some of them don't. <laughs> um, and I often find it really entertaining to like, that some of them will be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm totally this guy and i'm like you're not you're that one like <laughs> that's awesome um, you know so that started it, we, we made a one shot uh in like 2017 of of yeah. that and it was like just supposed to be a throwaway thing uh because franklin and ghost was doing well at the time and i said oh make it like a franklin and ghost thing like they these combat unicorns get hired to kill franklin and ghost and franklin and ghost accidentally kill them without even like knowing it yeah uh, like that's you know they're built up to be these big bad motherfuckers and then they show up and frankly ghosts don't even know they're there and accidentally just kill them like i actually I, read that one too and i thought that was kind of funny yeah. how it's just like it just was completely by accident well and we made and it was so yeah it was just this joke and it was we were gonna yeah. do one of them and it was just gonna be a one shot and we did a kickstarter for it it like did a crazy amount of like seventeen thousand dollars or something like that wow. um and i was like this is amazing well that was fun and then yeah. I started getting Kickstarter messages from people that were like, when's the next one? And I was like, well, there isn't one. Like, what do you one. mean? It's, it says one shot yeah. like in it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't. But like, when's the next one? And I'm like, but they all died at the end. Like I killed all of them. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, but it's comics. And I was like, yeah, you're that's, right. That's true. True. So then I was like, okay, well, we're going to do a prequel that is like we'll just we'll just ignore the fact that they all died and we'll do a prequel yeah. and it like I, what's funny is the last three days it's so funny you brought that up first like the last three days i've been locked in my basement writing a screenplay for warcorns oh wow um because we got a bid from a studio they were like oh we want to do a feature film but we want a, a anime feature but we want to see a screenplay like do you guys have one and so my editor-in-chief was like Hey, how are you with writing screenplays? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I've never done one, but yeah. sure. I mean, give me three days in my basement and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that that's all I've been working on. And it, it, it's been so fun to like, I was talking to a friend earlier today and I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't worked with them in so long. Like those characters, like, yeah. I mean, it's been like two years, two and a half years since I made a Warcorns comic. Yeah. Like, and so it was very, I mean, terrifying, but like it was, fun it was to get like the birthday one, right? Yeah, birthday bash. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was terrifying, but like 
really fun to like get thrust back into this and like I at first it was like really intimidating I was like oh my god I don't know what I'm gonna do and then like literally that was I, I mean I did Wednesday Thursday and then just this morning I got like it just popped and I was like oh my god <laughs> I know exactly what I'm gonna do and it was just like, nice it's like going um but it's just it's so it's so fun to like revisit revisit stuff like that that I haven't done in a long time um yeah, it was just great. I, I mean, good. I love War Cards. It's so much fun. And there's a lot of, we tried with that book to make it, you know, like anyone could read it and enjoy it. But like, if yeah. you're a former service member or your family or, you know, friends of service members, like there's jokes you're going to get yeah. that other people won't. Like in the begin very beginning of the one shot, there's a Coast Guard uh, character in the background. Yeah. And he's wearing a cardboard horn with a string yeah i remember that because the coast guard's not a real branch of the military yeah he wants to be a war corps but he's not um because we we give the coast guard shit all the time because they're department of homeland security <laughs> so that it's like little things like that like oh yeah like chill out, coast i was supposed like, to be know. in pegasus division <laughs> yeah 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 i want to be a pegasus corps i've got a pretty much a hoof in you know uh yeah it's I love that book so much. I've literally working on it the last three days is like really like made me fall back in love with some of those, some of those big colorful idiots. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I usually tend to gravitate toward the the quote unquote dumb characters. So I, I really had a soft spot for Gunny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Gunny so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's so great. He's kind of like the hero of this screenplay I'm writing. And it's like, Oh good. That's he awesome. always, he always is like the one, you know, have you seen Guardians yet? I haven't seen the new one. Oh man, it's well. There's some shit in there that you kind of like. The, for the first time, you kind of realize that Drax isn't really as dumb as he as people think he is. Yeah. You know, and there's like some kind of like heart wrenching shit of like the this idea that he's the big dumb muscle. Yeah. You know, and that it kind of like hurts him to be viewed that way, and. Like Gunny's the same way. Like Gunny's pretty smart. I mean, he talks like an idiot. Yeah. Um, but he's he's not dumb. And he he it's there's some fun shit in this new thing that you know, being like pointing that out. Like, yeah, I'm I get it, I'm the big brute, but like I got, you know, I know some shit too. Yeah, for sure. I and I love, I love big doughy idiots. That's like one of my yep. favorite Me too. like female female badass, like villains, like lead female, like just badass chicks yeah is like my, one of my favorite things to write and then like big doughy idiots is like yep. right right after it yep i love yeah. those characters they're <laughs> yeah. they're my favorite yeah um i also want to talk about franklin and ghost too um yep i just read i think just got to volume three i didn't know there was any past that so now i gotta go catch up yeah um yeah that <laughs> that is so good and, I, is, and, I, uh, and I love i love how you tie them together Three, yeah, I think that's that one. Fox it's, hard. it's the one that ends where yep. um, Franklin blows up everybody. Yeah, the black hole protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that. I love it. It's four, so good. Uh, four, volume four is uh, still don't give a fox, uh, and that that one's pretty rad. It introduces like some new characters and like some crazy stuff. Franklin Ghost is fun, dude. Like that. Like I said earlier, you know, like that series will always have a really special place in my heart because it was like the thing that broke the chains off. You yeah. Know? Um, and those, I mean, those, I like, and I haven't, I mean, we did number four, I think like 2019 or something like that. 2020. Like mm -hmm. it was like right before the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I've been kind of like nervous to go back to them. Um, yeah. because like, you know, we signed the show and like all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this is in a good spot. Let's not mess it up. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's leave that be for a while. Let the, let the TV show go. And then yeah. I'll come back and spoil it for everybody. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and then that leads me into good boy. I just read it. Yep. I read, um, volume one, two, and three. Oh Incred man. Incredible. I was, I've been binging your stuff. Um, <laughs> well, thank I, you. I wanted to do my homework before we talked. Um, yeah, they're very good. They're incredible. Um, and we've kind of already covered it a little bit. Um, 
the idea is basically John Wick, but switched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we always tell people at cons, like it's reverse John Wick. The human dies yeah. and the dog hunts down, you know, those people looking for revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we've kind of already talked a little bit about that. So um, in addition to the book, I hear you got some other stuff coming and I think that's what we're really here to talk about today. Yeah. Um, all the big stuff that you have coming for good boy. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. We, um, you know, we're source point is going through like a shift right now where like mm. we, you know, when source point started, we just had our 10 year anniversary. And like when source point started, it was like the punk rock hustle kids. Like we're going to make horror comics and we're going to do 70 cons a year. And we're going to like, you know, just, go to every show and hand sell every book Be the comic work um, yeah, yeah okay. and we as we grew and became more of a traditional publisher and did more creator owned stuff and more you know all these things like we got kind of lost i think we got you know we got pulled so far away from like those kids mm -hmm. like the hustle kids that like we lost a little bit of ourselves and like the you know i think something that like the pandemic taught us and like you know you know the shift in the comic industry as a whole right now like has taught us is that like we really want to get back to those kids yeah um and so like the theme this year was hone your focus that was like a you know in all of our meetings it's like the thing we always like say is like hone your focus man like this year hone your focus and when we sat down and we were like what are the things that make a difference that move a needle for source point it was yeah. like good boy was one of those pillars and so we said okay if we're going to do that let's put effort and money and you know marketing and all the stuff into pushing good boy beyond the idea of a comic and what else we can do um i'm a big toy nut oh yeah me too i i love toys um specifically funko pops yeah um and one of the things we did first is we were like okay well we have connect like we we know people that know people at Funko. We'll reach out and we'll make a Funko pop. Awesome. And we reached out. We were like, look, we know you got to order thirty thousand. We know you got to do this. We know you got to do that. Like, sure, let's do it. And we couldn't even get a call back. Oh wow. And I was like, damn, like that's fucked up. Like I've spent like a large portion of my paycheck with Funko pop. Right. Um, <laughs> and guilty as charged. Like, yeah. And so I was like that sucks. Um, and I had never done anything. Like I've never been at the point where I needed to like get with a factory overseas and design a thing and have it produced and like all that. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I did it on a very small scale for another project. I was like, you know, I wonder if I could just make my own toy. And so I literally just went on Alibaba.com, made a bunch of stuff up and was like, Hey, I'm looking to make a toy like whatever and i got all these like you know you get inundated with people like you know we are very good factory from china we make good toy for you like and you're just like how do you sort through all these people and i just read reviews and read things for you know a month just going through different factories and i finally found somebody that was making stuff similar to kind of what i wanted to do and i, I said yeah i've got this design kit had done this awesome cover uh of like a chibi flint mm -hmm. and i was like i want to do it like this you know i got i had a 3d mold made by les garner and killian blackheart uh they made me like a 3d sculpt that was a, a chibi flint and i sent it to this factory i said look i want to make this but i want to make it a 10 inch toy um i want it to be made of vinyl i want it to come with a custom box and you know a holder and all this stuff and after months of back and forth they finally were like okay like we can do it you know, you got to pay for a mold, you got to pay for this and we can do a test run. So it was like thousands of dollars just to even get a test. Oh, wow. um, and, and we were like, I was terrified. And we got the first one and I was like, oh my God, I love it. Like, it's so good. Like I, I look, I, I, I picked it up like out of the box and I was like, this is a thing I would buy at yeah. a store, like beyond the bias of like, it's my character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I sent it to Christy and I was like, look at this. And she was like, I love him so much. I was like, I know. <laughs> um, and so we were like, okay, like, let's make this toy. Like we got everything prepped. We did all this stuff. Like, you know, the master molds were made and like did all these things. And we were like, well, the thing, like the crazy thing right now that's happening in comics that we talked about experiences people, we talked about crowdfunding, like it, the market is 
the direct market is dying. Yeah. Like it's hemorrhaging because like distributors are, are destroying comic shops. Like they're making it nearly impossible for shops to make any money to survive, which then puts pressure on shops to even give shelf space to indie books. Sure. Uh, because of course, why would I expect you to take a chance on my book, my indie book that no one's ever heard of when you can put Batman in the same spot and sell 10, 20, 30 copies. Yeah. I get it. But yeah. that what's happening is phasing us all out. And so we were like, okay, we're going to switch all of our stuff to this idea that we're going to sell it directly to fans through Kickstarter. We're going to sell it directly to shops through Kickstarter by like offering retailer stuff and all that. And we're going to release this toy and we're going to make, you know, a thousand of them and that's it. And of that thousand, there's going to be a, you know, 500 full color ones. And then there's going to be 350 that are art series that are all white. They're all matte white. And then there's only going to be 150 that are all matte black. Oh, wow. Um, and then people can get like, people can take them. It's like a sketch cover toy. People can take them and get like their favorite artists to draw on them or design them or do whatever. Uh, That's cool. So, yeah. So like this thing is the first kind of push into other, you know, mediums uh, that we're trying to like push good boy to, you know, so we've got toys. Um, so like ne- this coming Thursday that that launches uh it's uh goodboytoy.com um if you go to it there's like 230 people watching the campaign or something uh which is like the highest i've ever had on a campaign it's crazy um excuse me and uh then after the toy like as soon as the toy fulfills we go right into the video game and the video game is already in development i've played the test like the first level of test um it's amazing. Uh, it's I'm a huge fan of like side scroller. Oh yeah, me too. Um, Metal Slug is one of my favorite ga- video games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, okay, well, I want to make Metal Slug, but Good Boy. And I, I sent it to the developers, and they were like, okay. And they made Metal Slug, but Good Boy. <laughs> that, um, awesome. So yeah, so that comes out I think in July or August, like end of July, early August. Um, oh, wow. And it's going to be available like through through Kickstarter first, which like it will be for PC, and then yeah. right after that, like the cool thing is like when you back it on Kickstarter, you're going to get the first version, and then you get every version that comes after. So we're doing it for PC first, mm-hmm. then we're going to port it to console next, so it's going to be on PlayStation and Xbox. Then we're going to go to mobile, uh, so iOS and Android, uh, and then we're going to be doing Switch, um, but you know, Nintendo's kind of a real dick about like what they let on the eShop. I've, I've um, heard that. You got to be like a, you have to be a Nintendo approved game developer mm. to even submit your game or even like trying to get approved to wow. be on there. Um, and luckily, I didn't know it at the time, but the developers we got with, they were like, yeah, I mean, we can send it. We're a Nintendo, you know, approved developer. Um, but you know, like out of every 10 games we send them, like two get picked. Oh, wow. And I was like, all right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty sick. That's Uh, awesome. The game is awesome. It's so fun and so ridiculous. Um, and it kind of follows the story of the first volume, the first game does. Mm. Um, but it's, it's just so rad. It's so much fun. I mean, I sat like, it's pretty fun when like your job is like, okay, well today for nine hours, I got to play this good boy video game to like try to get all the bugs you know find all the bugs. <laughs> um and people come in and they're like hey can i get your help What's, oh i'm like i'm working i can't help you <laughs> I, that's sorry I, I if i could i would i really you know boss is really riding me about this i, re- I really gotta get video back to this game. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. incredible so those are the first two and we've got you know we've got animation in the works um we're doing an animation test right now um you know, for a pitch deck that we're making. Um, and just, I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know? And, we're look, and the big thing that kind of was dropped the other day is that we're expanding the Good Boy universe um, uh, with a book called Swag Jackers. Uh, that's the first in a long line of tie-in series that are all in the Good Boy universe. Um, I I used to like, I, I mean, I write a lot. Sure. I I have 
I mean, like right now I have like seven books I'm writing, but oh, wow. somebody, my boss, you know, I don't know whether it was out of love or frustration or both, but he was like, you gotta stop making new books. <laughs> he was like, start making new stories and put them in the books you already have. And I was like, all right. So I wrote new stories and I put them in good books. So Swagjackers, I I tell people is uh is Little Orphan Annie meets the boys. Um, oh man. It's pretty sick. So it's about these these kids who steal superpowers and sell them on the black market to support this orphanage that raised them. That's um awesome. <laughs> and in this and in this sort of like world of theirs, they all operate using this like what they call the holy text like it's modern right but like yeah. they sort of like as kids are like behold the holy text and it's like an urban dictionary from like 50 years ago but it's like a print copy of the urban dictionary oh wow and so they take like all their words like the the reason they call themselves swagjackers is like that's a term that they read in the book like and they call people's superpowers their swag um that's so like incredible. they're the swagjackers yeah it's crazy um you know, Flint may or may not get some like, I don't want to say superpowers, but like he does start fucking around with some super drugs uh at the end of volume five. Oh man. and uh and so like that that's how they're gonna kind of be brought into that world. Um that's incredible. It's pretty it's pretty sick. Yeah. I'm excited. So um yeah. So is there is there anything that you haven't done with one of your major properties that you want to still do? Oh my God. Um, or even if we want to loop it in with good boy, is there anything with good boy that you want to do man. that you haven't already done? It sounds like you're already doing quite a bit. I, I mean, I kind of just do whatever. Um, I mean, I'm a real sucker. I, we did it for Warcorns, and mm-hmm. you probably don't even know. Uh, we made a, we made a full audio performance of Warcorns. Um, we, we brought in professional voice actors. We did a whole like audio drama where like it follow you could you could scan the QR code and follow along in the book. Oh wow. As like as like and I mean like real like Monica Rial and like J Michael Tatum like you know famous David Matranga like you could see back here I've got a Warcorn's poster yeah. and it's like signed by the cast. That's awesome. Um, but I I love I love the art of voice acting. I you know have wanted to be a voice actor since i was like six years old before i even knew it was being a voice actor yeah like you know back when it was like what do you want to do when you grow up i go i want to be a cartoon yeah like what are you stupid like you can't be a cartoon (laughs) um you know i didn't know that jim cummings was doing the voice of darkwing duck yeah i just knew i just knew that i wanted to be darkwing right who didn't want to be i wanted to i wanted to do that i wanted to make silly voices like that kind of stuff (laughs) and so I love doing things like that. I love yeah. audio performance kind of stuff. And we did it with Warcorns and I would love to do it with every book I make. It's so fun. And so like, it's, it's just like, it, it allows you to like get into some like creative space that you don't get by writing. Yeah. And like, because it's like a real weird experience when you're like working with a voice actor who's like, trying to voice a character and they're asking you questions you never even thought to ask yourself about the character yeah right like like because they're trying to understand how to present this character and like you so they want to know all these intricate details that you're like fuck i don't know you're like it's all stuck like, in my I, head i just need to find I, a yeah, way to get it out so i uh, can hear inside my head exactly yeah. um so i i just i mean i love that if i made a million dollars i would just that's what i would do i'd be like i'm just gonna make audio performances of all these things. that would be amazing um, i can already see right now the franklin and ghost audio like podcast audio drama oh that'd be incredible you know <laughs> that's you know you might have something here yeah nobody's ever i mean i love when people do like podcasts that are like you know murder mysteries and stuff like yeah. that mm-hmm. i don't know that anybody's ever done a podcast as fictional characters like as comic characters i i would say as fictional characters probably but not necessarily as comic characters yeah because like, that would be kind of a fun that would be i mean we're so we're experimenting with 
was this kind of on Cleaver County, which is a whole horror universe that we're doing at Source Point. Um, yeah. And we're doing a, we're, we, we bought a web-based radio station Mm-hmm. Um, and we just are like using like royalty music to like you're gonna be you're gonna be able to like listen to Cleaver County Radio, like that's just awesome. on the web. Yeah. But then like we're gonna create a fictional DJ who's gonna be like we're gonna record audio of like you know ninety points you know ninety eight point seven the curse like yeah. like like and have you're gonna be able to hear these things we're gonna be able to like drop clues about you know releases and about things happening in the book and like fun stuff in that. And yeah. I love the idea of getting to like do weird experiential stuff like that. That's awesome. Like that's that like that's the weird stuff that I'm like, no one's like making a comic book radio station. Like yeah. and like building like a real experience in the universe they're creating where like you can I mean we're gonna do something like um one of the uh, don't tell anybody. I know this is people are gonna see this, but <laughs> don't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh but like we're gonna do a there's a fun thing we're gonna do I think uh, maybe at New York Comic Con where we're gonna we're designing a fake Cleaver County newspaper and we're printing like thousands of copies oh, of this awesome. fake newspaper and yeah. we're gonna hire actors to be paper boys you know extra extra like read about this and like this yeah. and this and like passing out those newspapers to people at New York Comic Con that's awesome. and like people are gonna read it and it's like full articles. Like full articles of like all the stuff, and there's gonna be like little clues hidden in the newspaper. You know, like you fill out the crossword, and you know one of the things tells you like how you can get a free thing or like whatever, like stuff like yeah. that. That's the weird stuff I want to do. That's like, funny. that's the weird like the, that I'm like maybe ten people will like take the time to fill this out, but I don't even care because how cool will it be to have our own newspaper? That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I listened. I listened to a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale that is basically a fiction. So you know, you know it. I, I'm from I I don't listen to it. I'm familiar with it. But Josh Warner, our editor in chief, who works, you know, he created Cleaver County with me. Yeah, he's really into it. It's really. so good, and that's where like his kind of that's his kind of inspiration when he thinks of like things we should do. He's like, oh shit, Nightvale. Like that's yeah, because it basically the premise is it's a that. it's a town where all like strange and supernatural things are real. Yeah, and basically the 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 narrator is a guy at the local radio station. Yeah, and each episode is a broadcast of the radio station. Yeah, or it's a it's a radio broadcast. Yeah, so it's all in a fictional town. But I've never heard it. I've not really heard of anyone doing it with inside their own fictional comic world. So that's yeah. that's very cool that he did that. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty rad. I we've got a lot of you know that whole universe is going to be really fun because we're just like really trying to take some weird chances with it that we're not on other stuff which i mean that's i mean that kind of goes right back into what you're saying earlier is you know take a chance on the weird stuff and make stuff make stuff that you want to see not necessarily yeah stuff that you know you're trying to get you know get somewhere with um exactly like i just listened to a podcast today um one that we put out, it was an interview with Joe, Joe Latrulio yeah. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's like, the question was, how do you make a movie that, how do you make a movie to get into a festival? He said, you don't make the movie to get into the festival. You make the movie that you want to make. And then if it gets to the festival, great. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Cause you still made something you wanted to make. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the same advice you're giving. I think yeah. that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think we pretty much wrapped up everything. Is there any like new stuff that's coming that you want to talk about or that you can talk about? I mean, the toy, the video game. I mean, if you follow our stuff on social media, if you follow good boy on Instagram, good underscore boy underscore comic uh, on Instagram, or if you follow any of my stuff, some writer guy, um, I mean, we got a lot of stuff coming. Cleaver County, good boy, good boy tie-ins, bad girl swag jackers all kinds of it, it's a lot that's very cool but, but we're here to you know we're here to just make people laugh make cool shit make cool shit with our yeah, friends that's man. that's all that's it that's the yep. meaning of life make cool shit with your friends yep exactly <laughs> well uh so final thought is there anything you would give advice for people who want to get creative um or maybe 
someone that has an idea for something they've wanted to do and they just for whatever reason haven't done it and just what's something you would say to inspire people to go after something they want to do stop being an idiot just just take that <laughs> shit like there's no like life is too short for you to not go after the shit you want like so many people like my this is it's this is going to sound really depressing but like my and this is not a dig. Well, kind of, it's a kind of a dig at my dad, but I, I had a conversation with my wife a couple months ago where I was like, my dad, since, since I was like 10, my dad has been like, Oh, I really, really want, I was like a BMW. It's like some cheap ass fucking BMW convertible. Like it's like that, two, <laughs> that, that two seater, like one like that like everybody in the early 2000s had like i forget what it was yeah called. but like every year he'd be like someday 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 and i'm like this is like a forty thousand dollar car like it's not like a crazy thing yeah. like my dad worked like his hands to the bone for d- decades and was like i just i just can't it's not responsible it's not this i can't do that i'm like dude it's the only thing you want like that's all you should be yeah. trying to get like who cares sometimes sometimes doing the responsible thing isn't doing the right thing yeah sometimes you got to do just like do what makes you happy whether yeah. it's responsible or not unless you're hurting other people then yeah. like if you're like it that's really makes cool. me happy to kill people maybe don't do that <laughs> but as long as it's not yeah. anybody else uh <laughs> just you know take a chance man Take a chance on yourself too. That's the big thing. That's like nobody, you shouldn't expect anybody to take up like to bet on you if you won't bet on yeah. you. Yeah. You have to be able, be able to bet on yourself before other people will bet on you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's like the chance you took where you where you sent stuff out and you're like, yep. oh hey, here you go. Read my thing. And then you know, <laughs> yeah. executive calls you later, say, Hey, let's talk about stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you wouldn't have taken that chance, that never yeah. would have happened. Yeah. So that's that's just great find advice. the people that that you want to make cool stuff with and make cool stuff with them. That's it. That's, that's great advice. That's it. All right, man. Well, uh, you want to take a minute to plug all your stuff. Go to uh, goodboytoy.com to follow the Good Boy Vinyl Toy uh, Kickstarter that's coming up this Thursday, May 25th. Uh, also follow me at some writer guy on all social media uh, or at SourcePoint Press um, to find out more info about our books, mine and others. Uh, and uh, also follow all my fun, creative friends, Christina Blanche, Dave Lance, Kit Wallace, Ruben Moko, uh, you know, everybody, uh, all of them. Follow all the people, Malia Ewart, um yeah just just read comics read comics whether they're mine or other people's just just read comics doesn't matter yeah that's a good idea and uh for for my side uh when uh we get this posted you can view it all on geek-network.com um on all the socials it's geeks az on twitter and instagram geek network on facebook and i personally am cd is weird on instagram and then the music we're going to use for the show at the beginning and the end is by a band called Polygon Horizon. The song is Pizza Force. It's an incredible song. Everybody, everybody should check it out. Check, check out their out stuff right on now. Bandcamp. Check it out on Bandcamp. It's an incredible song. Um, it's it's uh it's Nintendo Core, I believe, or it's That's just a like a thing. Lot of... Yeah, no. man, it's awesome. It's like video game rock rock music. It's incredible. What? Check it out. You're you're not going to be disappointed. It's good stuff and. Uh, I think, um, I don't know if it's a whole band or if it's just one guy, but he he's an incredibly nice guy. And uh, he gave us permission to use his song for the podcast. So thank you very much, Chris. You're a great guy. And I'm not, his name is Chris too. I'm not <laughs> just really you. myself. Yeah, that would be, re- that would really be weird. You. You're like, I really <laughs> want to thank Chris <laughs> for allowing us to use this music. Thank you to myself. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, so I guess we'll wrap things up. Garrett, thank you for taking time out of your weekend thank to talk you to me. Thank you for having me. Um, and remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly.